0818-715-815. Afternoon and you're very welcome to Liveline. Five one double five one is our text number. Remember our simple uh, WhatsApp voice message number is oh eight seven four eight four eight treble eight oh eight seven four eight four eight treble eight. Maybe if you are in a position physically in terms of your location to no, you're not driving to um, put that number into your uh, contacts. The live line WhatsApp voice message oh eight seven four eight four eight. Uh, treble eight, Teresa Costello is a Fianna Fáil councillor in the Tala area in Dublin, and Teresa has contacted us. Not a, it's it's not really about a constituency issue, is it, Teresa? No, it's not. It's uh, more a point of principle, I think. Okay. Tell, um, it, tell us. Right. So, on a weekly basis, I'd walk around my constituency just to make sure everything's up to a nice standard and to identify things that might not be already reported to me. And I noticed a lovely green space that had been absolutely trashed. It was destroyed with quads and scrambler activity. Mm-hmm. And the footpath was impassable. And so I raised that at our Tala Area Committee meeting. And I got a really good response back from the council. And actually, on another walk yesterday, I noticed the council were already addressing the issue. Okay. So I shared it on my TikTok. And a few of the comments I got was like, it was nothing to do with the issue. They were more concerned about... Uh, me speaking skills. <laughs> I, I shared the clip of me putting across an emotion in the council. Was it your speaking so, skills or your accent? It was, well, it was, yeah, they were saying very bad speaker, very bad public speaker, you know. So I kind of was like, does it really matter how I get my message across as long as it comes from the heart and I get the job done? Do you know, like it's, mm-hmm. like, I kind of felt like I know loads of brilliant public speakers but I don't know whether they back it up with action do you know that way like, well, your, so did your initial I communication kind of, not say my accent gets more comments online yeah it was new accent yeah, yeah but you've what's known with, some people call it a Dublin accent but it's not a Dublin accent it's a Dublin working class accent which is great um, it's not the, the common Dublin accent now is the Dublin dart accent in, in the main in terms of population but when people hear an accent like yours or indeed like mine like the last time I heard it on the radio uh, or sorry that was raised on this programme was two weeks ago uh, when they, there was a complaint about the fact that the Electoral Commission had an ad on where an advert advertisement on radio where they were slagging the hospital porter and his, his voice came in and it was clearly a Dublin working class accent where the people that were slagging him so to speak were uh, South Dublin if you put an accent down there so it, it is your Dublin working class accent that they're giving out about and what are they calling you? Yeah, well, like, like it, it was just like saying that I was a terrible speaker and stuff. But I was, I was just absolutely shocked that the issue at hand didn't jump out of them more than mm-hmm. my voice, you know. Yeah, but like, we're in. Kind of, like, but, but Theresa, we're in an election year. Are you an election year? Are you standing for re-election in a few months? Oh yeah, I, yeah, hundred percent. So, yeah, and hundred percent is going to be very competitive. And 100%, maybe, maybe there's a massive amount of candidates out in Tala. Um, maybe, maybe some of them are supporters of other candidates. And that's their, you know, prerogative. I, once, once work gets done for Tala, and that's all I care about. Like, I'm born, bred, 
several generations of Tala. Well, has anyone so ever? Has anyone ever? I, I know you. I know you do work for breast cancer, and but has has anyone yeah. else ever commented on your accent? It's not the type of thing people comment on. They might be. They might have a subliminal belief, for example, that all. Uh, all manual staff who, are, who run hospitals like hospital porters are working class and there might be a bit of snobbery there. Yeah, I think, you know, like, I suppose I encountered snobbery, you know, throughout my life at times. You know, people taking off me accent in my younger years uh, before I ever got into politics. Um, and like, I'm very proud of where I'm from. Like, so, mm-hmm. you know, going into the big, wide, wide work world, I went out my chest out thinking I came from the best place in the world and still do. But, like, in the in the professional environment, there was times when people actually did make remarks, like, taking off my accent and stuff. And it was, it, it kind of hurt, you know, that way. But, like... You know, I'm proud of my accent. I, yeah, I'm yeah, not going to change yeah. for anybody. Like you know. Well, here, here, it, here is here is one of the pieces that you say offended people. Yeah. So, um, just over the Christmas, I was uh, down one of my walks, and I was going down to the rear of Saint Dominic's, and I was just blown away by the state of the place. It was, it like it was just destroyed. I was walking on the footpath, the footpath was near impassable with the amount of muck and destruction, just sheer destruction. Um, it's of no fault of say, Dublin County Council, um, you know, and that that's why, they, you know, the people living close by deserve to be living in a place that's clean, safe. Well, do you think they might disagree with your politics? Uh, no, I don't think politics would come into it. I, I think it's just sometimes the world we live in now online, people might not say it to your face, but it's easier to say it from behind a keyboard, you know, and they, they might think something and they might just, you know, judge mm-hmm. on something. I actually, at a Tala Person of the Year Awards in 2018, um, Emma Kerwin made a fantastic mm-hmm. speech and it, and it struck me and, it's, and I'd, I'd advise anybody... Um, to, to watch it and he spoke about the prejudices um, associated to somebody's accent and you've spoken about it as well saying that well, remind, rem- remind, remind our listeners if you can what he said it, well he said about like you know it, being told to speak properly and uh, like what is speaking properly you know he like once you get your message across, he, he said like it doesn't dictate your um, your accent doesn't dictate your intellect or your character and he said, be proud of, he was proud of being from Tala and everybody in that room should be proud of being from Tala. So it was just the way he, I can't remember it word for word, obviously, like, but it was, it was an amazing speech and it did resonate with me because I identified with so much of what he said. I identified with the struggles. I identified with that feeling, you know, of somebody judging you, like, because of where you're from. And not in a positive way, because I'd be like, I think... Mm-hmm. Tala's an amazing place. Like, it's, I wouldn't move out of Tala if you gave me all the money in the yeah, world. But there is, you know? like, like, inequality is a reality, especially in Ireland. Like, yeah. for example, if you're from a Dublin working class area, uh, your chances yeah. of going to third level are significantly lower 
than if you're yeah. from a middle class area. It used to be when I was uh, in, uh, got into Trinity, uh, there was three people from Ballyferm within Trinity and the popula- population of Ballyferm was over 40,000. Yeah, but for every one person from Body Vermont in Trinity, there was 44 from Mount Merion, which is a much smaller place, obviously. But that's that's inequality. That's, yeah. you know. OK, Tom Crow. I, Tom I think things t- are changing slightly. Mm. Like, I, I, yeah, hopefully. I, but I know they are at all level, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. But still, people shouldn't be. And, and I'm just wondering, in fairness, Theresa, I'm saying the Electoral Commission portrayed... Um, a hospital porter as having a working class accent where the patients had a middle class accent. But then again, you go back to love hate. Every courier in love hate had a Dublin working class accent. Am I right? I love a Dublin working really? class accent. So I'm, I, really? I, I love it. Though. Well, it was RTE at fault there. Every every yeah. and people loved it, of course. I don't know why, but they loved yeah. it. Tom Crow, Tom, the acting was brilliant, but I don't know why. They, Tom Crow, good afternoon. Hi, Joe. Just a brief comment. I. Uh, I don't necessarily think her accent is lovely, but I'm comfortable with it. It's it's easy on the ear. It's familiar, mm-hmm. and the sort of accent you were talking about, the the the, the uh, usually known as the the, the Dort accent from Dunleary or mm-hmm. South Dublin, mm-hmm. it's horrendous. It's horrendous. I I I end up listening to concentrating on the way they're saying things rather than what they're saying. If you know what I mean. Well, isn't that isn't that the whack that Theresa got from the other end? Not from you now, but from the other end. People were more obsessed with her accent than the content of her, of her words. But surely to God, people are, are Dubliners and they're, they're familiar with the accent. Mm. You, you, you made a point about love-hate. I, I uh, was on your show many, many years ago uh, commenting about an ad by Telecom Phone Watch. Um, they had Maria... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, and the Gurrier uh, in Phone Watch, <laughs> the burglar. Was it was, it was a Dublin working class accent, wasn't he? What's the well, story? He, 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 he wasn't nasally like that. He was just played Dublin accent. <laughs> the, 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 the person... Well, when you say Dublin uh, accent, you mean Dublin working class accent. So the burglar, yeah, I remember yeah. that. I don't think they try it now, any company. But the burglar yeah, was portrayed yeah, as having yeah. a Dublin working class accent. All I'm saying is long live her accent. Yeah, and, okay. And just, and death to the dirt. <laughs> and Tom, what's your, what's your by county? What's your what's your favourite accent in Ireland? Oh, all accents have the, the, there's good and bad accents in every county in every city. I think um, hard to know. Nice Galway accents when it's big and broad can be nice. Mm. Um, I I know some old Dubliners who have a nice old Dublin accent. Uh, accent from around uh, Fingal and. Well, what do you think? Kind of what do you think of the old Mister Brennan accent in the ads? Ah, that's 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 that's, that's me. I that's, that's an actor. <laughs> <laughs> Hamming up, hamming it. <laughs> uh, a recent a recent opinion poll said the sexiest, the nicest, the softest, the softest, uh, the the one with the most dulcet tones county accent in Ireland is Donegal. Oh, yeah, except for when they speak Irish. Okay, okay, I don't know what... I'll tell you an accent I like, Joe. When it's when it's very soft, when it's very soft, is a loud accent. Uh, people okay, think a, loud, a loud accent? No, 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 no that, that, that's a hard one. A soft one is lovely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have a, I have a, I have a hard... And well, Tom, what, what's your own accent? My is boring... Okay, don't, don't tell me, don't tell me... Teresa, 
listening to yes. Tom, listening to Tom, where is he from? Tom, just say, t- um, tell me. I'm, t- I'm let's get hit, a let- nosebleed if I leave Tally Joe, so um, okay. let me think. Well, Tom, tell Maybe us. Rath- Rath- give us a, give us somewhere. A, yeah, okay, Tom, Rathfarnham. Well, now, D- Joe, you mentioned um, the 44% or whatever. Sorry. Mount Marion, Mount Marion, Mount Marion. Not far from there, but I wasn't born there. I was born in Rathmines. But for my mother, I would have had a, a Dublin accent because of my friends, but she wouldn't let me speak like that. <laughs> Why not? Because she was a bit of a snob. <laughs> <laughs> So that's, is that's it speaking correctly that Emmett Irwin referred to? Yeah, but does this come back to what people are thinking about Theresa? The people who are who are uh, uh, banging off Theresa are snobs. I know. No, I, I, to, to, to be fair to my mother, it wasn't snobbery. Yeah, she I know. Was a, no, no. She was a perfectionist. She, she, she wanted see, proper grammar. And yeah, proper yeah, but Tom, she wanted you to pronounce your ths, which is important because there's a difference between the word tinker and the word thinker. There's two different, completely meaning, meaningless, but the people with Dublin working accent, working class, don't pronounce their THs. They don't do this, that, these and those, because when elocution was in the schools in the 60s and 70s, it was an extracurricular and you had to pay extra for the elocution, sixpence Have you ever case. been on Ryanair, Joe? Have you, have you ever been on Ryanair? Yeah, of course I have. Yeah. They sell scratch cards for charities. Charities? No, no ch- Charty. Charty. Okay. Uh, wh- 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 where's the correct pronunciation of T in yeah. that? Okay, okay, okay. I'll leave it there, stay, no, Tom, Tom, just stay with me for one minute, Theresa. Kevin yeah. Carroll, Kevin. Good, good afternoon, Joe. Uh, tell me what, t- just just give me a sentence. Tell me what you had for your breakfast. What I had for my breakfast, I had wheaty bangs, uh, what, fruit and fibre and a cup of coffee. Okay, Tom, where is Kevin from? Um, I'm guessing Dublin, suburbia. Theresa, but, uh, t- Theresa, where is Kevin from? <laughs> Dublin, definitely. Now, what part of Dublin? Uh, Dublin 4. Okay. Um, <laughs> Kevin, Kevin, where is Kevin from? <laughs> Blackrock, Seapoint in Blackrock originally. There you go, there you go. Dublin Perfect. 4, Dublin Perfect. 4. Okay, your observation. No, no, Joe, sorry. Oh, sorry, not, okay. Not Dublin 4. Okay. Not Dublin 4. Dunleary, Yeah, I often say, yeah, people accuse me of having a D4 accent, and I, I reply, I said, no, we've nothing as common as that. Okay. Out in Blackrock, we didn't have anything as common as a postcode. We're way above that. <laughs> no, does Blackrock still not have a postcode? Uh, it probably does now. It has well, an no air code, not a postcode. Okay. We, we okay. never had a postcode, though, I'm sorry, no. Okay, nothing, so, nothing so, so your, your observations, please, Kevin. Well, I, I, I um, even in Black Rock, there were people with the so-called Dublin accent. You get the same in Dublin, you get a, a version of it in Bray. The Black Rock, I think, Dublin accent is kind of very, varies an awful lot. But I had a friend of mine um, whom I've lost touch with when I was a young, young lad, a young girl from in a state up off um, Newtown Park Avenue, and she had what you could a Dublin accent. And I met her one day after a while, and she had this very posh accent. All right. And I said, "What? What happened?" Well, she said to me, every time I went for an interview, the minute I opened my mouth. People knew where I was from, and I, they kind of said, don't call us, we'll call you, back okay. in the days before political correctness and all that. So she went off and took elocution lessons, and mm. it made a huge difference. She's a lovely, lovely, lovely girl. I'd love to know how she got on. I'm sure she got on like a house in first. She probably married to a millionaire, or maybe a millionaire herself. But the accent is, is important to some people and not to other people. I get slagged over my accent all the time, you know. And it's, it's, and that, it's only an accident of where I was brought up. Nothing to do with me whatsoever. Yeah, true. Fair point. Fair point. Um, Joe. Yes, Tom. 
I know we don't have telephonists now, but if, if I were hiring a telephonist in Ireland, mm-hmm. I would do a, vo- a voice and pronunciation test before I'd, I'd employ them. And I wouldn't take on anybody who has a hate on the rouge cork. A, a, a what, Tom? You wouldn't take a hate on the rouge cork. Cork. Cork, okay. That, 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 that's, that's standard now. C O E R K. That's the standard way of pronouncing words like, like that. Okay, well, there was well, I'm, I'm, tell, tell, I'm tell, me, tell me that's better than, 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 than a Dublin accent. It's not. It's horrible. I'm, I'm in Cork over 46 years and I still can't pronounce Cork that particular way. You, you, yeah, exactly, exactly. Mysterious. <laughs> but then Donegal, I see in a recent survey, Donegal came in as the most unintelligible accent, followed, sure. by, follow, followed by Cork, followed by Kerry. Dublin, Dublin. Well, there's so many accents in Dublin. So many accents in different counties. Honor Heffern and Honor. Good afternoon. Hi, Joe. How are you? Good. I know. I know you. You're from Dublin. You're Stony Batter originally. I, I'm from Stony Batter. Yes, that's right. And then, then you had your. You still have a brilliant uh, singing career. And Honor, yeah, we launched our album last night. Actually, oh, in well done. The well done. Fine band album. But anyway, right. Okay. I was accents. listening to that lovely woman. Speaking, Teresa Coslo, yeah, Teresa, yes, and I heard her speak. I heard the little clip you played, and I thought to myself, "What is wrong with that?" The woman mm. spoke perfectly clearly, succinctly. She stuck to her point, and what is there to flag there? I just, I, I, I'm horrified that people actually judge people by their accents now. When when you look at Hollywood and the Irish accents, mm-hmm. they just love it. They love the Dublin accent. They all want to have Dublin accents. You, know, the Dublin, like, you, you mean the Dublin, me? the Dublin working-class accent? Yeah, ours. Our accent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. right. But Honour, yeah. Yeah. what accent do you sing in? I don't know. I sing in my own. Depends on what I'm singing, I suppose. Yeah. But generally, just I sing in... Sometimes, I suppose if I was singing jazz standards, I might sing with a kind of an American slang, yeah, sl- yeah. you know, bent, because they're kind of written that way. But then, like what we were doing last night, for instance, it's all Oscar Wilde stuff, and it's based on Oscar Wilde's visit to Colorado. So I, I would sing with my own accents, you know. I don't put on any accents, you know. So I don't know. But, but, uh, did, but did one of our prominent singers here, who got into who got into international stardom, both when he was in a, a group and then when he went solo, wasn't he accused of? And in fact, people used to imitate him. People, wasn't he accused of changing his accent when he was singing? Um, I don't know who you're talking about now, but... Yeah, I don't, don't want to say it. No, sorry, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who you mean. Thanks, But, Anna. like, yes, people do sometimes. I remember somebody saying to me, why don't you sing that in your own accent? But I was singing a, a jazz standard. Mm. And, it, like, the words are written in that kind of way, and you wouldn't be singing, you know, I've got you under my skin, and I've got... You know, in a... In a I got you. It wouldn't, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't come out that way. Re- I've got you. Joe, Joe, Tom, I recognise that Joe, accent uh, anywhere. I, I, I can I say to Anna, I, I love her singing. Absolutely love it. Um, <laughs> the, the, there's another showbiz um, thing with accents. If you've ever been to Shakespearean plays in um, in Dublin, performers like Hamlet or Julius Caesar, they assume that the, the people, even though they were Danish or Roman, would would have spoken with posh English accents. It drives me mad. <laughs> Just have, I, I, I was at Hamlet one time where the grave digger had a, a working class double accent and it was brilliant. It was brilliant. Yeah, that sounds right. 
Absolutely. But, but you see, what they're saying, the reaction Theresa got was, uh, you say it best when you say nothing at all. Oh, my God. It's not what they're saying. That is just awful. We, do, we don't care. I think they're we just don't, kind we, of we, saying, like, I wasn't fluid enough and I wasn't, you know... You were, Theresa. You were perfectly clear. <laughs> really. And you you made your point so well. I mean, I could I could visualise what you were saying when you were describing... OK. Say say, say with us honour, Theresa and Tom, uh, take your positions on the panel there for a sec and have, <laughs> have your buzzers, have your buzzers... Um, close honour. If uh, I'm going to ask a question, whichever one you, one of you uh, guesses the answer for, just shout your name, okay? okay. Ma- Mary Cunningham. Mary, right. don't say Mary. What did you have for your breakfast? Is that you, Joe? Yes, Mary. Of course. How are you? I'm delighted. To don't talk say to where you you're from. Don't say in where in you're from. In my Monaghan accent. Yeah, you see, she's after giving it away. In my Monaghan accent, yeah. and that lady should never change. What the content of what she's talking about and the work she's putting in for... But is there, is there a snobbery? Is there a snobbery? Is, do people look down snobbery on a Dublin working-class accent? Man, there's a lot of people manufacture that think it's impressive to manufacture an accent. Not a bit. Be yourself. Be where you're from and be proud of where you're from. And, oh yeah, we all agree uh, with I'm that. Monaghan. And Mary, Mary within Monaghan... Are, yeah. there, are there different accents? No. Uh, uh, I think you can... Uh, you know a Monaghan person quite... Unless that they're putting on, and I hope they wouldn't be, uh, you'd know a Monaghan person straight away. Yeah. So it's... Uh, Oliver Callan there and different ones. And would you know, is a Cavan accent different again? I, I, a wee bit different, it is, yeah. <laughs> a wee bit, you know. And then there'd be the rivalry in the football between Monaghan and Cavan, but a friendly one, you know. Okay, so so that's that, and Joe, this is. you're from Dublin, and we all love to listen to you. Yeah, hopefully. In your hopefully, in your yeah. in your isn't it? Yeah, Valley area. Well, Mountjoy Square originally. Um, Lovely. Still, well, Joe, still you no never plan. change either. I would be trying to find out. Well, you see, Mary, 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 you, you see, Mary, that's where you're wrong. I did change my accent. When I, I, I'm so when I came, 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 when I when I came, 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 when I in greening, in green. Oh, now, hang on, Mary. I, I, I've never I, told anyone. Mary, you have an exclusive here. You've never told anyone this before. Well, I know I, you'd give me the exclusive, Joe, because okay, I, well, never you, yeah, okay. I never missed your program. Okay, well, I'll tell you what happened. I start, Even when you were Gabriel Mary Bourne, okay. and you know that. Yeah, I know. and I start getting letters in here in green ink. But the worrying thing, given out about how did someone like with your accent ever get on air? And the worrying thing was, the worrying thing was, they were internal letters. Someone in RT was writing them. So I just, I and and no, no. In fairness, now there is an argument here, and I come back to Tinker and Tinker, Tinker and Tinker. And I remember one day I was interviewing one of my favourite people of all time. He's he's deceased now, the intellectual and the the cardinal, Cahill Daly. And I described him uh, in one of the, my questions as a, a brilliant intellectual tinker. 
Mm-hmm. Right? And someone wrote in, probably the same person, the green ink from somewhere in here saying, the word is a thinker, Mr. Duffy. Oh, wow. Not, not tinker. But and it, that is true. You need clarity. So I took up, I went of my own accord to a fella called Paul Mussolides. Paul Mussolides. I hope you're still alive, Paul. And I said, Paul, I, want to, well, I don't want to change my accent, but I want clarity. I need clarity. And he said, the first thing in terms of clarity is when words are spelt differently, they must be pronounced differently. Tinker is T-I-N-K-E-R. Thinker is T-H. That's that's and I, and I went to Paul for about about a year. And obviously, it made it made no difference, even though he's a, he's a superstar in the whole world of, of uh, elocution. Mick Hand and Fingless, Mick. Yes. Let me hear your accent. What do you have for your breakfast? What did I have for breakfast this morning? I had two eggs and a bit of brown bread. Ah, oh, brown. Do you have any Brennan's bread, Mick? No, that's not even the same fella they don't have anymore. I think that man does it. <laughs> No, That's I don't. That the, the, the best fella that ever did it was the great. He's still alive. Bill Golden was brilliant. Yeah, I don't know who's. Him. I don't know who's doing it now, but it's still very funny. He okay, him, didn't you, he? you're. What are, what are you thinking? <laughs> what are you thinking about what Theresa is saying? I'm thinking that I love my Dublin accent. It's very strong, and I'm proud of it. Okay, and did you ever get? Yeah. Did you ever get slagged over it? Ah, oh, stop, will you, Joe? I worked in the leisure industry, in the fitness industry, and I worked in a few different places, on the south side, north side, west side, wherever, yeah? Yeah, and what would be said to you? Always, ah, the women from Castle Lock would be like, it's a beautiful man with the accent <laughs> doing the class today. <laughs> the, man, the man with the what? <laughs> the man with the accent, yeah. Yeah, I, I, ah, yeah we'll get the fella in with the accent, not a bother, yeah. And what, what judgment were they making a judgment about you, Mick, on the basis of your accent? No, I don't think. I think it was all fun and games, you know. But okay. we actually did have a story from a while back. Yeah, somebody actually told me to go and get allocution lessons or elocution lessons, okay. whatever way you'd like to pronounce <laughs> whatever it. Way you pronounce. <laughs> but um, so, so. I declined his offer and I said, "Look, I tell you, there's plenty of jobs out there. I don't need to do that. I'll get another job. It's fine." Okay. You know? Okay. Oh, now, yeah, but Mick, what, what about going back to the to the point? I think it was Tom who raised it. Like sometimes people said the reason. Oh, he actually said, told us a story. The reason his friend changed her accent, so yes. to speak, so to speak, was that to actually, um, because she was when she knew when she opened her mouth yeah. uh, uh, at an interview, and it was revealed uh, obviously quickly that she was from a Dublin working class background. She knew yes. her chances of getting the job were quickly. Uh, scurrying out the window. Well, that actually happened to my mother. If you, yeah, well, yeah, tell me. Happened. Tell me. Well, my mum went for jobs back in the nineties, and and as soon as she opened her mouth like that again, the people doing the interview would say, "Look, you have all the credentials and all the you, you you're brilliant for the job. There's just mm. one thing wrong." And she'd ask, "What is that?" And they'd say, "Your accent is not right for the role." Why? So. Well, I don't know, Joe. Like, if her skin colour was different or if she was from yeah. a minority, that would be classed as racist. But because that she could, she came from a working-class background and fingers and she had the accent, it was OK to say them things. And there's that, that very famous line from Roddy's commitments over their accent that Dublin, the Dublin Northsiders are... No, I'm, I'm, I'm quoting from the movie are the blacks yeah. the blacks of Ireland that they were discriminated against in those days. Okay, Mick. Well, that rings true, yeah. That's yeah. true. Okay, Mark Lean, where's Mark? Mark, how are you? I'm down in Tralee, Joe. Nice to speak to you again. How are you? you know, what type of accent do you have, Mark? 
Well, you know, what amazes me is the different colours in the accents. And I became acutely aware when I went to drama school in the 1990s in really? London. And the teacher said to me, he said, oh, for God's sake, boy, you didn't come here to school to speak like that. What, where, where are you going with 33? <laughs> he said, the lips, the teeth, the tip of the tongue, the teeth, the lips, the tip of the tongue. He made me say that over and over. Say that again, Mar- say party. that again, Mark. The lips, the teeth, the tip of the tongue, the teeth, the lips, the tip of the tongue. I miss my Swiss miss and my Swiss miss misses me. Red leather, yellow leather, red lorry, yellow lorry. Unique New York, unique New York. He'd make me do all these accents all over, or all these exercises. And it was fantastic. It gave me uh, an acute awareness. But, I mean, Ireland, Joe, are you from Cork, boy? Are you laughing at me? And then, Care County Tipperary. <laughs> and down here, of course, the Healy Rays are fantastic. I have no reason the way Natalie wants to let anyone is kind of all pressure in the back of the neck like that. And Northern Ireland, Jerry Adams, uh, Shane McGowan was a great Irishman. You know, so it's, it's all very, very. In our own little island, it's fantastically colourful. Lemonade and chocolate, fresh apples and oranges. And ma- and, but Mark, let me come at it another way. Have you ever been employed because of your accent? Did you ever get a job that used I your did. voice? I did. I was the voice of Elvis on VH1 and MTV. Uh, so they have Madonna Day and they have Tom Jones Day. And in between, they have these commercials or breaks. Okay. And I had to say, well, stay tuned to VH1 because we're going to take you back to 1956 next. And I had to do that. And then I went and I did um, the talking Elvis clock, which was the most <laughs> successful thing I ever did. And I used to get royalties every quarter from the biggest clockmaker in Europe and to give people a mental idea. So we'd say yeah. the clock used to turn itself down at night time. And during during the day, because it wouldn't wake up the house, but during the day, then you'd hear my voice going off all over the place. Well, do 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 um, do do the Elvis clock now. Have you watched in front of okay, you? Okay, yeah. yeah, sure. Okay. So basically, imagine it hits three o'clock, Joe. And it's well, no, it's down, two. It's down. two fifteen. Okay, it's two. But I'm saying, can you? It, I'm asking the listeners to imagine that it hits three o'clock on the clock, and then you'll hear a little piece of music. Hey, baby, it's three o'clock. Are you lonesome tonight? <laughs> you know, this kind of a thing. And, and all the different announcements were all 24 different announcements. <laughs> uh, it's 10 o'clock, baby. How about some dinner with Elvis? And, you know, and all that. And, of course, the, one of the most famous accents, I think, is, oh, sure, when I was, when I was yeah, starting out with yeah. Margot. And, you know what I mean? So there's all these different accents. They're wonderful, though. And it, it makes our, even your own job, with the way you say good, after, good afternoon, mm, you. you know, know it's yeah, a kind yeah, of an, yeah, an open yeah. it down. It's wonderful, though. It's colourful and it makes us unique and <laughs> special and I love it, you know. But Mark, come back, <laughs> come back to the Elvis clock. How long did it take you to record the Elvis clock? It took me, it, I'll tell you, no, I recorded it in Ballyhoig with a, a friend of mine called Eddie Lee and all I had to be aware of was to say non-litigational statements. So, um, you know, there were certain <laughs> words I couldn't use, etc. I couldn't say welcome to Graceland because it's trademarked or whatever. So I had to say, you know, um, things like um, uh, five o'clock, for instance, five letters, E-L-V-I-S. It's five o'clock, you know, or whatever. And and uh, and it worked. They, they, I sent it as a demo yeah. and they actually used the bloody demo. They sent a demo out to China. They made 300,000 of these clocks and they sold in wow. what they call rest of the world. They weren't allowed to be sold in America, but they sold all over the world. And I bet there's even people listening now that would probably know that we have the clock in their house or whatever, because we sold like buckets and buckets of them. And with, with Elvis, Elvis yeah, but with the talking Elvis clock only talk at like two o'clock, quarter past two, half two. Yes, uh, yeah. So there was 24 announcements built into it. 
and so at two okay. o'clock each day. Now you could turn it down if you got sick. Yeah, no, no, never, and, never, know, never. You could, you never. could turn it. <laughs> if you're all shook up, yeah. The, the best speaker I ever heard was, I love the way Mike Murphy used to change his accent. Oh, um, yeah. I'm in a bit of a rush. I'm in a bit of a rush. Do you remember that one with the washing at the door and, and the woman and she in her innocence yeah. and the way he changed his accent to uh, to do those uh, live mics and Gay Byrne had the best accent I thought I ever heard and, and yeah. so, you know, speaking voice, you know. So there's one, we've had wonderful speakers in Ireland, you know. And I presume you sing as well, Mark, from what you're saying. And do you sing? Anything at all. That's, 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 that's what, what I, I used to do of, for yeah. a living. I, I, I'd be doing it next week but uh, in Dingle. But absolutely, yeah, I do. And I actually change my accent to suit that. So, um, you know, if there's different singers that, um, you know, like if I was doing the Irish Rover, I'd say, oh, I'd take on the, the Ronnie Drew. You yeah. know, his voice was down there. How's it going? It's all that kind of thing. On the board of July. You know, that kind of thing. You were talking about Luke Kelly yesterday. So there's, there, there, if, if you want to sing, and I did a show called The Man of Many Voices one time. Okay. And uh, Louis Armstrong and... and I see trees of green. <laughs> and uh, you know what I mean? And, and, and um, look at his face. I know the years it show where and, and so on and you know loads of different voices and accents but I loved them to me it was a bit of fun Richard Burton was the best um, I really loved him I thought he was the best speaker I ever heard in my life you know I, I just he'd a, I, deep, he'd a very deep no one would have dreamed in the last years of the 19th century that human affairs were being watched from the timeless worlds of space few men even consider the possibility of life on other planets you know so that kind of a thing Joe but it's all it's all okay. fun you know it's Okay, Mark, stay there. We'll take a break. Don't change your accent. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Where's Jimmy Adams? Jimmy, where, what part Hello. of the country are you? Hiya, Joe. Hello there. I'm, I'm actually from Tralee as well. And I, listen, Joe. Yeah. Terry has the sexiest accent in Ireland. Okay. What do you think of that? Says who? Well, I'll tell you now, Joe, we've got the Helios up in the door. You can't beat the Helios. They're representing us all down here. Doing a great job. Yeah. We've got Dahi O'Shea, Dahi doing the Rose of Tralee every year. We're so proud of Dahi. <laughs> Brilliant. We have, <laughs> we have the Rose of Tralee. We've got the weather. We've got the Ireland and Kerry. We have, we're fantastic footballers. We have the scenery. We have North Kerry. We've Killarney. We've Leprechauns. We've everything. And we're great at talking about the weather. And many accents are in. Ke- many accents are in Kerry, Jimmy. Do you know what, Joe? Seriously, there's loads of dialects in Kerry. There's loads of dialects, oh, dialects. around the country. Yeah. How would I say? I my mother came from Dublin, and I'm very proud of my mother. She she died there a few years ago, and do you know she came from Pulak. Pulak is that how you pronounce it? Pulak. Pulak in Dublin. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and she's very proud. And as youngsters, we used to go up there in Hollis, Dublin, and I've all, I've loads of cousins in Dublin. How are y'all out there in Sutton? How are y'all? How are all the McMahons? But as for dialects in Kerry, right, you're Killarney. I came from Killarney, and they speak like this. Like, I'm going down to the basketball match. You're going down. I see you there. They talk me my for the high end. It's a kind of a That's slow good, yeah. one, right? Then you go to Kilogland. I've been lost out in Kilogland, and they say to you, How is the weather outside? How is the weather inside? <laughs> you know, if you're on the phone, they'd be ringing and say, How is the weather inside? <laughs> Even though it might only be 25 kilometres away from Tralee. Do you know what I mean? And say, We're out here in Puck. We're out here in Puck. And we're going to put the goat up now to see 
evening. And Lyra Crumpon. And and Jimmy, what's your favourite accent? What county? Generalising. Oh, favourite accent. I suppose my dad came from Offaly, Tullamore. Okay, it's that kind of just yeah. We used to go up there as youngsters as well, and like they kind of had. How would you say? My dad was 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 known as Jim. My dad was Jim, and I'm Jim as well. But he's yeah. known as Jimmy. And you're, how are you doing, Jimmy? You're going down to the Brewery Tap now. Come on, we're going for a pint. After your plan on Sunday, you're going along. Come on, we come up in the car. When you come up, you're bringing the mummy with you. How are you going with you? The Adrian going up, the roof going up. You know, it was, we must, grew up with all different... Uh, What's um, the Galway accent sound like? Oh, that's hard enough. No, I couldn't Is do it, the, yeah. the Galway. Donegal, you know Donegal. Oh, I love Donegal. I really like Donegal. It's so sexy up there, too, you know. Um, but come here, what did I say about accents before I go? Listen, do you know what I find when the Irish go abroad, Joe? Yeah. You know, when we go to America or to Australia or any part of the world, we were over in Melbourne back in the early 80s, myself and my wife. And because you were Irish, you go over, we had to slow down our accent when we got working mm-hmm. or we were out socialising, you know. The, the most times we'd feel at home if we go into the Irish, mixing with the Irish community, going into the pubs and that, because... You could relate to somebody from Kentuck, or you might meet somebody from Banlasloe, have right. over a drink, and, that, and the Irish music could come on, and we get everybody get melancholy and lonesome and thinking at home and all that yeah. back in the day. And that time, there was no Zoom, or there was no uh, WhatsApp, or any. You'd send a, a video home, say, of the Munster football final or the Holland final, yeah, yeah. and uh, you get it out from home, and we'd watch it in a flat late at night at two in the morning, and everybody get. I remember in the day. I know I'm going on a bit. Do you remember the Dubliners when they kept when they were on the Late Show? Yeah, yeah, many a time. Back in many a and, time. Uh, there was a video sent out to Melbourne to us that time, and we all met in somebody's house one night. About forty Irish, and they all socialised from all over the country, and all the different dialects, and they're sitting down watching the Dubliners and getting melancholy and lonesome about home, wishing they were home and all that. But we had to slow down the way we spoke at work, and some people, you know, you get a lot of. Uh, People would be patronising about the way we pronounce yeah, T-H's. Yeah. Some of the T-H's. Yeah, but uh, uh, stay listening, Jimmy, to, to go over yeah. the border there into Limerick to Joe Minogue. Joe, you're making a case, I can read it here, a very strong case, in favour of elocution lessons. <laughs> I would, Joe. Uh, I would. I, I would say elocution lesson, lessons are uh, essential in that because I remember them when I was going to CBS uh-huh. in Sexton Street there in Limerick. Uh, we had um, elocution lessons there maybe for a half an hour or 20 minutes okay. uh, a couple of times a week. And I think it's a good idea myself because I can't say I'm the best speaker myself. However, uh-huh. it's, it's, it's good to um, ensure that children are brought up and to speak correctly. You know. And then, um, well, it's not me, I'm not yeah. against accents now or anything like that. But course, um, yeah. I would say that there's a lot of mispronunciation today and speaking too quickly. Oh, speaking too quickly? Yeah, speaking very quickly. Extremely quickly, yeah. Like, yeah. And of course, uh, the words get uh, jammed into one yeah, another so, and it yeah. becomes unintelligible. But is the prob- yeah. uh, would, the, would the problem be with... I, I don't know whether elocution lessons in CBS in Sexton uh, Sex Street in, in Limerick were, were they an extracurricular you had to pay for? No, no. I remember okay. them distinctly in primary school. We had them maybe for 15 or, t- or 20 minutes or half an hour there once or twice a week, yeah. The okay. teacher would just indulge it, you know. Um, you, yeah. You've an interesting accent yourself, Joe. 
haven't. Hasn't I've been interesting accent. Yeah. And maybe a very broad, a very broad accent, perhaps. But who was, you know, um, who, who mentioned uh, Richard Burton? Um, yes. Mark Lean mentioned him. And I'm just thinking, who, thinking, who would, um, who would, like Richard Harris from Limerick, um, yes, he he would be regarded as being one of the finest, not just actors, and raconteurs, but he would would he not be regarded as one of the finest speak with the finest accents in terms of clarity? Yeah, I would imagine so. Just like um, his colleague Richard Burton, I mean, he was yeah. a lovely speaker himself. You know, from Wales, I yeah, think he yeah, was. Yeah, oh, the valleys, yeah. yeah, the valleys, yeah, yeah, the valleys with a V. Uh, stay, stay there, Joe. Brian, Brian, uh, Brian, Brian, on. Uh, Brian, yeah. good afternoon. Uh, yes, hello there, Joe. Uh, uh, hang on, where, where, Joe, well, Joe Mano, can I, you, you go ahead? Tell me what you have for your breakfast, Brian. <laughs> I've been listening to your program. I'm, okay. I'm from South. I'm from South Monaghan, okay. and I've been very. I've been quite amused at what some people were saying. Somebody was saying there's a Donegal accent and a Clare accent and a Tipperary right. accent. I think that in rural Ireland, in particular, there can be three or four or five accents ah. in the one county. And I'll just give you an example. Here in County Monaghan, where I live, right? Uh, there, there are. Three will say main accents, and then several subsets of those. Okay. But here in the south, here in the south end of the county, an appliance with two wheels is called a bicycle. And if you go okay. ten miles north to Castleblaney, yeah. it's called a, ba- a bicycle. A and then if you okay. go another ten miles north to Monan Town, it's called yeah. a bicycle. So okay. you have bicycle, bicycle, bicycle. In the, in the, in the one I, in the one county. Oh, you would doubt it, doubt. And I heard someone there earlier in the programme saying, uh, I think I like the Donegal accent. Well, I'd love to say to that, I think it was a man, do you mean Bundorn and Ballyshannon? Or do you mean Quigley's Point? Or do you mean Crookfuller? Where exactly do you mean? Because Donegal must have half a dozen accents. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I remember I met a lady one time in Belfast and she said to me, oh, you have a lovely border accent. And I said, what do you mean by yeah. a border accent? And I said, do you mean Dundalk or Buncrana or Belcoo or Clonus? Where do you mean? Because the accent is different in every one of those places. Uh, here, here's another example. If you take South Armagh, we'll say around Cross Midland and Cullerville, yeah. the people over there could nearly be taken for County Louth or even South Monaghan. Whereas if you go to North Armagh, away down towards Loch Nay, some of the people there speak with Antrim accents. And there are huge variations. And I'll give you another little example now. We're all fairly familiar with the Derry accent, I suppose, John yeah. Hume and yeah. uh, all those, Seamus here and all those people. But we are friendly with the, my wife and I are friendly with the family from um, out, about 10 miles outside of Derry towards Donegal. Mm-hmm. And you were, to listen to the man of the house, you would think that he was born and reared in Scotland. He's he's a descendant of the Scottish who came over in 1609 to 1618. And all his people, all his people are, they speak with a a very strong Scottish accent, even though it's in West County Derry. But I just wonder, Brian, at what age is your accent beyond redemption? Do you follow me? In other words, at what age 
can you not lose your accent? Like there's, there's, there was a debate there. You know Henry Kissinger, the American, yes, yes. German, German born. And there was a debate there. I read when, when the man died. He died recently. He was 100 years of age. Just died last yeah, year. Yeah, very old. Yeah. And he still, to the day he died, he still had a a a will to stilt or whatever of a German accent. But yeah, apparently, that's where I remember him quite yeah, well. But apparently, his brother, who came to the to the states around the same the same time as Henry Kissinger, his accent was deep, Robert De Niro, Joe Pesky, New York, Brooklyn yeah. accent. No hint yeah. of German whatsoever. Right. Well, I, I can't account for that. But I just, if you can bear with me for about yeah, one more course, minute, yeah, so Brian, I'll, yeah. I'll, tell you, I'll tell you something that's interesting. Uh, my son is involved uh, with helping people who have come here from Gaza. Okay. Now, yeah, great, uh, great. One of these particular men is he's 23. I think he's a civil engineer by qualification. Okay. And he landed here in Ireland about six weeks ago. And he had, I'd say... 10 words of English. Okay. Now, six weeks later, he can hold a very interesting conversation in the English language. Now, I'm not wow. talking about his accent. I'm just merely uh, talking about his ability to pick up a language. And my son is a Moonshore Gaelic, and okay. this fellow said to him, would you teach me some Irish? I want okay. to le- I'm living in Ireland and my son has started teaching him Irish. And honest to goodness, he would put you to shame. Right, he can right. say, And this man, you'd, you'd think he had been in the country for years. And he's only here six weeks. Okay, okay. I'm with... just bowled over. Stay with, stay with us, Brian. Uh, back after this break. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Okay, Australia was mentioned there about accents a few seconds ago. Nolik, good afternoon. How are you, Joe? So tell us a story from Perth, is it? Yeah. Turn off um, if there's a radio on in the background. It's just turned off now. Good man, yeah. good man. We, we have pals who were born, bred and buttered in Dublin, one in Clontarf, one in Churchtown. Okay. And they emigrated to Perth in Australia in 1990. Okay. And, um, I mean, they had what I would call neutral Dublin accent. They didn't have mm-hmm. a real Howie or uh, Jesus Howie accents, you know. Okay, yeah. But um, they watched the programme on drugs in Dublin on television in Perth. Mm-hmm. And it had to be subtitled because nobody could understand <laughs> what was being said. <laughs> they could not believe what was going on. Now, they couldn't understand it. I mean, they say they're both dubs. They watched but, a programme uh, on TV about drugs in Dublin, these people from Dublin, and they needed a, they they uh, put on the subtitles. Well, no, they didn't put on the subtitles. The television company put oh, on the subtitles. Oh, the television company did, yeah. Yeah, and well, it, they said it's well, just did they, have to, they did, wouldn't have yeah. understood it anyway. But what would they would they have had to do? Would they have to? Uh, would they did? Would they have to do that? Say with love, hate. Uh, I honestly don't know. Probably. Yeah. I mean, the Dublin accent has changed. In what way? It has changed completely. I don't know. It's it's you know they're all goofy now and. Um, Jason Byrne did a great thing on it on that hidden camera thing and 
PJ Gallagher the same thing. The the I don't know. It, it's either drink or drugs or whatever mm. seems to have affected the accent. I mean, the normal dub is still the same, but I mean, there's still that old. You know, well, you're thinking. Well, you're, you see, you're thinking of the Adam and Paul accent. You know that brilliant, brilliant, brilliant movie. Um, but that's that's a very small minority of people who are. Oh yeah, in, I know. Uh, I've another another quickie for you, Joe. My daughter-in-law is Turkish, mm-hmm. and um, she was in Cork um, right. a couple of years ago. She has very good English. I mean, she's fluent in English. And um, she was down in Cork and she came back and we said, well, what did you think of Cork? She said, oh, it was very nice, Dad, but um, I couldn't understand a word. They said, don't worry, we can't understand them either. OK, OK. <laughs> Let me bring in. Thanks, thanks, Nullig. Thanks, Nullig. Paddy Griffin, you have a story from the USA now, from Australia to the USA. Go ahead, Paddy. Hello, Joe, can you hear me? Yes, loud and clear. Very okay, clear. good. Very um, clear yeah. with your beautiful accents. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't really have a story. It was just fascinating listening to the program. Uh, so I'm originally from Inchicore. My wife is from Crumlin. Okay. But we've lived in New Hampshire, you know, north of Boston since the 80s. Okay. And we go back and forth quite a bit. And we've noticed over the years, over the decades, really, sort of changes in the accents, yeah? Mm. So... Um, at the time of the Celtic Tiger, it was like everyone suddenly acquired a posh accent. Okay, yeah. And, you know, cars became cores and importing the core and that sort of thing. No. And then after the Celtic Tiger, it seemed to go to the other extreme. So people from, you know, Dublin 4 or South hmm. County or whatever started to speak with what I'd regard as an itchy core or a Ballyfermot accent in the, in the mm-hmm. old taxonomy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's still... It's still going on, uh, every time we go back you notice little changes so at one stage uh, soft T's became SH's, you know mm-hmm. so people were going to the city instead of the city yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, there's a whole heap of those sort of changes happened the, the most extreme one I ever heard was uh, on RTE the uh, you know, uh, a report on traffic on the M50 said that there was a crash at the Rindabyte yeah, that's, there was a lot and of that. Uh, yeah. I, I couldn't figure out how, how, you, how you got there from there, if you know what I mean. Just just your point of going back to our original caller, Teresa from Tala. Would you ever heard, yeah. Would you ever hear the news on RTE radio or television being read by somebody with a Dublin working class accent? I don't think I have. No, the, but, my model of an well, RTE yeah. newsreader would be Chad Mitchell, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Who was who was from Dublin, but he had a very he had a baritone accent, yeah. he had a beautiful voice. Yeah, he had a sort of a received okay. pronunciation. So that's the kind, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, Let's, I, I mean, and by the way, how was the Dublin working class accent regarded in New Hampshire in the United States of America? Well, that was the point, really. That that struck Anne said it to me. Um, here, it's an asset, right? It's oh, Irish. Right. It's. Uh, Regard and but when we're back in Dublin, this accent is actually a bit of a a downer. You know, if I'm shopping in Grafton Street, I'm I'm conscious of it for some reason. That might be just all in my head. Okay, so um, 
the Dublin the Dublin accent is popular in uh, America and is regarded as what stylish and elegant. But listen to Hillary Kelly then for a sec, Paddy, before the break. Hillary, you tried to get rid of what accent that your children were picking up? Oh, do you know how many thousands of Irish children are going around talking like this and mm. they finish their sentences and they're talking halfway through? So when my kids were doing this, I'm sure it's all from television. Okay. Um, and I literally eat in the shop at home or whatever and I go, sorry, What? What? I drove the man. I really don't know what you're saying to me. So it got to the point where they went, oh, white fine. And they just stopped trying and they spoke normally then. But the amount of, the amount of people, say, from mm. their middle 20s down that have, like, in, 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 like, I'm in Cork or, you know, Kerry and all these kids and they no more sound like they're from Kerry or Cork or wherever you know, because of this awful affected accents that they've developed. And I don't understand why more parents don't go copy stuff on. <laughs> and but but, is, but like isn't, Hillary, is, but was, were your children's fake American accents, were they not just a, a little phase they were going through? They, it was, but if I, had, if I hadn't done something about it, it could have, God forbid, it could have been permanent. <laughs> oh. And do you know what I mean? Like, sometimes if you don't kind of pull them on something becomes something that would be automatic. Um, and I know that sounds awful mean, but I love accents. And you know, I've, I've lived in to so many different places, you can't really tell where I'm from. But yeah, I was going to say that. I, yeah, but I think like you should be proud of where you're from. Oh, here, There's nothing here, wrong yeah. with pronouncing yeah. your words properly or, you know, whatever properly is. But mm-hmm. if you need to be kind of more coherent or if someone isn't understanding, there's nothing wrong with saying THs instead of, you know, whatever. But we're losing our our local accents and we're losing that identity. And I think it's awful sad. Okay, you know? okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, are, they, are, they, are your children, are your children back? <laughs> are your children back to their lovely East Cork accents? They are, yeah. Okay. <laughs> they have no choice. And what your your sanction was if they turned on their American accent? You said I haven't haven't a clue what you're saying. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I, I, a clue. Even in a shop or anything, and they they'd be like, "Mom, mom, mom," and I'd go, "Sorry, what? What?" <laughs> <laughs> okay, well said, Hillary. Though I can't, I can't identify the accent. That's Hillary Kelly because uh, she's travelled so much. Betty Daly in Malahide, in North Dublin. Betty. Hello, Joe. How are you, darling? I'm fine. No, I'm just listening about the accent. I see. And I just, <laughs> the man said anyway. We talk too quick, so I'll slow it down. I, I was just saying to the girl, yeah. it stops that. You know, slag other dubs over their accent. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, um, I find country people, we all have our own, you know, colloquial... Sayings and ways, yeah. Way we talk, yeah. But um, I find that it's some of the dubs that maybe move two miles down the road and they change their accent. Well, remember, Betty, I don't know whether you remember, if any of your friends were lucky, say, to go over to their relations in England for a weekend or a week... They'd oh, yeah. They'd come back with an English accent. Oh, I know. I, <laughs> I, I know loads of them. You know, but I think we shouldn't lose their accents no, no. matter where we're from. And where you are know? you from, Betty? Well, you're from Dublin, inner city, are you, with that, that beautiful I'm accent? I'm from Dublin 1. Dublin 1. And, Dublin. Where, and whereabouts in Dublin 1? Sean McDermott Street. Oh, Sean McDermott Street. 
Great location, yeah. yeah. Great location. Yeah, and we had terrific neighbours and all. Um, we're all still in contact 70 years after we, we grew wow. up together. <laughs> well, does that mean you were living in tenements? Ah, no, we lived in flats. We flats, were a bit more flats, the, than a tenement, well, you know. You know the great picture of Sean McDermott Street when it was tenements and then obviously they built the flats and that, so it's very, yeah. it's very different. And you're living in Malahide and would anyone out there ever comment on your accent, uh, Betty? Well, no, like, I, w- I walked in uh, the pavilion in Stoddard and I found the, the most people who would slag me off my accent was people from Swords and Balbriggan. Okay. <laughs> And what's you your, know, what's your, apart from the Sean McDermott Street accent, what's your favourite accent? I, well, I tell you, I, I used to love um, Joe Lynch. Joe oh, Lynch's Cork, accent. Yeah. yeah, that was gorgeous. I think the Wexford accent is beautiful. You Jeez, know, really yeah. soft. I like that accent. Okay, well, I wish I could talk like that myself, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> it's not too late, Betty. Ah, well, well, as I said to the girl, I'm not changing how I speak at my age, do you know what I mean? Not at all, not at all, Mm. not at all, not at all. And do you like, for example, Betty, you're going to hear, we always did hear a lot of her, but you're going to hear a lot of her today because of um, the the COVID inquiry in Scotland. Nicola Sturgeon, the former first minister, do you know her? Yeah. yeah. What do you think of her accent? Because it irritates me. It's a deep Scottish accent. So that's the way she talks. I just yeah. said to the girl, I used, I was in England for a while, and I often went to Shropshire playing that, right? Okay. And I'd be marking the board, and I'd say, "You need Torty Tree," and like that to be slagging me. Yeah. Torty, how do you spell that? My, like the other man said, T U R T Y. But I said, <laughs> the man that was slagging me, I said, I don't know what you're slagging me for. I said, you sound like Warzel Gummidge. Okay. So instead of you are, and he's cheating me. So, so basically they were saying, instead of saying 33, which is T-H-I-R-T-Y, T-H-R-E-E, yeah. you were saying 30, T-U-R-T-Y, 3, yeah, yeah. No, T-R-E-E. He was, he was saying, like, could I spell, I suppose, so how do you spell it? I said T-U-R-T-Y. <laughs> well, then, were you any, so good, at, were you any I, good at the darts, Betty? I was brilliant. Great, good stuff. <laughs> Yeah. Well, what age were we? Well, yeah, I know, but what age were we? There's a renaissance now in darts. Um, and what age were we when you start playing competitively in darts? I, I was in my 20s. You know, we right. used to play for the Intercity League, you know, the fitness oh, leagues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And why'd you give it up? I took the pledge. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know there was a pledge against darts. Was it a pledge against darts or a pledge against drink? No money, messing. So, it just fizzled out. Just fizzled you know? out. Yeah. yeah. Well, as I say, it's um, it's a, it's a, it's a, a, a renaissance, a renaissance. Okay, Brenda Hart, Brenda, good afternoon. Thanks, Betty Daly in in Malahide. Brenda Hart Thanks, and Holt. Be- Brenda, good afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Joe. How are you? I see you're a speech now, and drama teacher. Yes, I was a spe- I am a speech and was a speech and drama teacher. Um, I wrote a book on all this kind of thing. It's uh, I wrote it on communications and etiquette. But the thing about communications, mm-hmm. Joe, there's nothing nothing wrong with accents, but we, we have to be understood. Forgive me, I have a small cold now, and I'm coming over a bit crackly. No, you're fine. But, uh, thank you. We have to be understood. I remember working years ago in Guinnesses, and I remember meeting a Kerry man, a very intelligent Kerry man. He had got first-class degree in his uh, engineering course and all of that. And I remember asking him, to, um, Joe, what 
what does the roads, the girls entering for the roads in Trilly need? You know, mm-hmm. what are their assets? What should, what should they look for? I said, they need pies and they need to be able to present. You know, I said, what do you mean pies, Ted? I said, I mean poise, good understand, good, good standing, you know, good standing. So I actually thought he meant pies. As, you, as the things you eat, so mm. that's a small thing. I'm, I, 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 I'd ask people. You know, I ask people to look out for. Or you could say somebody. Um, um, I, I'd like an egg for breakfast. Nice. Um, now, if you don't, if you don't put, pronounce the n, an egg before the vowel, you get an egg. Okay. You know, it's not quite the same. The, the, the cat eats. The cat eats fish. Well, if, if, if the cat eats fish. You lose the OT on the cat. It doesn't make the, the uh, conversation nice and crisp. So okay. there's a few little tips, but it's nothing to do with accent. As long as we're understood, Joe, that's the key. And, and that's, that's all we have to look out for. Okay. Accents are terrific. And the one thing we can do, which is a big no-no, is to try and change an accent. Because then it comes out, mm-hmm. um, I can't say the word online, it begins with B, but it comes out. All yeah, but people, don't people, there wasn't a great, oh, Mrs. Brown's boys, does it, don't people put on a telephone accent? Oh, big Hello, time. who's calling, please? Santry 62742. Oh, calling, big time. Who's calling, please? And then he say, Ma, yeah, Ma, Phyllis is yeah. on the phone. That's right. That's right. <laughs> or, when, or when they're not listening, you hear them talking afterwards and they're saying something. Did you hear your one on the phone, you know? Yeah, yeah. But you see, we're, 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 we, 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 there's, a, there's a thing called register. In other words, if I'm speaking on your program, I try and speak a little bit better than I would if I'm talking to my friends. There's a, that we call okay. that a register. We all change. If yeah, I'm going yeah. for an interview, I try and speak a little bit clearer and, and lucid than I would if I'm having a drink with my friends. Okay. So, so, so we do change to suit yeah. circumstances. Okay, well said and well put. Brandy, you sounded great, by the way. There are two calls before the break. Brian Harvey and John Condren in Dublin. Brian. Good afternoon, Joe. Your point, please. Joe, I just want to tell you a story about how advantageous the Dublin accent, accent could be okay. or can be. Uh, I grew up in Garden Street in the 60s and 70s. In Dublin, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I moved up from Carlo when I was 10, so I had a Carlo accent. But it was uh, literally beaten out of me in Garden Street. Anyway, I, I got a, such a good education from O'Connell Schools, or Scully Colour, that I got a scholarship to university. And uh, my father sent me down to Dublin Castle to claim the scholarship. And uh, the, the guy behind the desk was horrified. He, he ran into the office next door to his mm-hmm. supervisor and said, there's a fellow out here from Garden Street who wants to go to university. And the supervisor shouted at him, give him what he wants and get him out of here before he comes at us with a hatchet. <laughs> yeah, and that's Mother how I got God. to university. Yeah. So the strong Dublin accent at that time, uh, I don't know, it saved me a lot of paperwork, I can tell you, to get that scholarship. <laughs> well done. <laughs> and you, you went to Trinity, I hope. I went to UCD. Oh, UCD, uh, OK. And got what, a physics... What, you physics and maths. Brian, you couldn't get into Trinity. Was that a problem? It was a problem, Joe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> My first choice was UCD. Was, was the physics and maths was supposed to be better in UCD. UCD so that's yeah. how I went okay. to okay. Well I spent 20 years in France and got oh, rid of the accent. Wow. Yeah. Beautiful voice. Yeah. Anyway, Brian Harvey, drunk on the Sean O'Grani in Galway. Sean. Hello, Joe. How are you? Good, good, good. Your observation, please. Well, um, I, I would have sent you a little book there when you were dealing with the self-published books and I would have said in the little note mm-hmm. attached 
that I love listening to you because of your indigenous Dublin accent. Okay. But I'm a, uh, now I lived in Beaumont Road 40 years ago and uh, I was teaching near, near Artane. So mm-hmm. I have a great affinity for the, the Northsiders and their accent and particularly their wit and humour. But uh, any dial you like or any station you like to try on your radio now or in your car when you're travelling, everybody seems to speak in the D4 accent. Um, mm-hmm. On television as well, RTE, it's, it's, it has completely taken over, and uh, Virgin Media completely taken over. Um, and I was wondering myself, you know, what was the origin or how did it evolve? And I've come to the conclusion that it's, an, it's, a, it's a type of Americanism. Uh, say, mm-hmm. uh, down here in the West, we say we're going to a party. They said they're going to a party. And we buy a new car and they buy a new car. Yeah, and okay. so on and so forth. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and remember in Dublin, well, it was, it's the Ross O'Carroll Kelly, it's Paul Howard that, that perfected the dart accent with the car and the yes, hound. And and, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Now, I'm a person of extreme, I, I absolutely adore the variety in dialects in English and, and the Irish language and I love challenging my ear to see if I can uh, find out where, or guess where a person is from, you know. But um, I composed a little ditty uh, way back long before COVID uh, I suppose it ex- it, it um, expresses uh, how I hear the, the Dublin Four accent as a West of Ireland person. And give so us two. Give us a few lines from it then. Within, I called it the virus long before COVID. Now, yeah. With, within the pale, it started somewhere around Dublin Four. This virus of an accent that makes one's ears quite sore. For years, it was contained in Dublin's upper middle class, and none of us complained about this pain right up the ass. <laughs> this virus is contagious. Sure, it conquers more and more. Sure, it killed off Ruiz and Jaises round Ballsbridge and Terenure. It crossed the River Liffey and westward wound its way till it paused on Mutton Island out in lovely Galway Bay. And now in every county and every country town, there's an offer of a bounty for every local accent found. In Humble Cross Malina, a pound is now a pound. And like Carden Shoe, you'll find that a roundabout is round. Flying out <laughs> from that Fine airport, Cannon Horden built near Knock, a hostess tells you in the accent she was born in Calchamore. It has even infiltrated every local radio, local dialects castrated no matter where you go. Any broadcaster aspiring to proceed all the way must speak like those defiling the airs round Galway Bay. So if ever you're reporting not a hint that you're from Cork, not a single sign denoting you're from Galway or from Gort, I blame you, Miriam O'Callaghan, and you expose a girl Lorraine. It was you that really spread it. From Donnybrook it came. <laughs> come all ye loyal, come all ye loyal Cuban men, up and right and up me and let's never lose our accent wherever we may go. Well done. That's Sean O'Gron. You're going to meet him all going to on. Uh, back after, after, well done. Well done. Back after this break. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Joe Duffy. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Well, one person who never lost her accent and indeed never lost her voice and her creativity was a great... And is the great uh, contemporary Irish poet, Paula Meehan. Paula, good afternoon. How are you, Joe? And How are you doing? Good. And you're from the centre of Dublin. We all know that. I know. And in fact, probably grew up with Betty there. Um, Did she? Sean okay. McDermott Street. Okay. Via Finglas then afterwards and via the rest of the world. And here I am in Baldoyle on this uh, 
wintry day. Looking yeah. forward to St. Bridget's Day tomorrow. Of course. And then to mark yeah. the the wintry day that's in Nepal, it's the 40th yeah. anniversary of a, a seminal event in Ireland. Uh, tragic for Anne Lovett, tragic for her baby, uh, tragic for the family, indeed, the community. Uh, when Anne Lovett yeah. died uh, giving birth at a, a grotto in Grenard on this day, she was only 15. Uh, you've written a piece, you've written a lot of beautiful piece. It's called The Statue of the Virgin at Gran- Granard Speaks. It's uh, it's written, it's, it's it's what, 20 years old now at least, isn't it? Paula? Oh, it's Longer. I wrote, I wrote it in the mid-80s okay. in the time of the moving statues and the X case and all those assaults on, on our idea of womanhood. Um, but I didn't publish it. I sat on it for a long time because I was mm-hmm. very conscious that... Um, my poem, which has been embraced as a public poem and is taught as a public poem, so, is actually about this, the private grief of yeah. a family and a community. Um, if it has function now, it's as, I hope, an historical document. It's, it's on mm-hmm. the leaving search. Yeah, so, brilliant, brilliant. You know, it opens Rightly up so. conversation. Yeah. I know this from the students and the teachers. It opens up the whole conversation. So it has a role like that. But I'm very sensitive still that mm-hmm. Granard, which is a place of great creativity. Mm-hmm. I mean, the second level students there are just amazing. Wow. Yeah, um, yeah. So that, you know, her shadow, it shouldn't be a shadow. We should live in her light. Uh, She became an icon. She became so important for all the struggles for uh, equality Mm. and for respect for women and their autonomy. Um, She's at the heart of that. Yeah. And the tragedy, of course, is that she lived for 15 years and her baby maybe didn't even live for 15 minutes. You introduced a yeah. piece from the, from the poem, uh, Paula, and, and take it from there. Yeah, this is the end of the poem. Um, it's quite a long poem, and mm-hmm. it looks at other aspects of sectarian violence in the north, the degradation of nature in our beautiful lakelands up there near the border. But this bit was um, this, the end of the poem, and it goes like this. On a night like this, I remember the child who came with 15 summers to her name and she lay down alone at my feet without midwife or doctor or friend to hold her hand and she pushed her secret out into the night. Far from the town, tucked up in little scandals, bargains struck, words broken, prayers promises and though she cried out to me in extremis I did not move I didn't lift a finger to help her I didn't intercede with heaven nor whisper the charmed word in God's ear on a night like this I number the days to the solstice and the turn back to the light O sun, centre of our foolish dance, burning heart of stone, molten mother of us all, hear me and have pity. That was Paula Mean reading from her poem, The Statue of the Virgin at Granard Speaks in memory of Anne Lovett and her baby. Thank you so much. Uh, Paula, thank you, thank you indeed. Today's programme was produced by Sean O'Gorman and Ray Darcy is next. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815.
0818-715-815 stays open until 3.15pm or email joe at rte.ie.